True Crime Fix is a podcast with adult themes and graphic descriptions of crime which may not be considered suitable for all ages. Please use your discretion when listening. All research has been conducted using material in the public domain and some opinions may not be that of the author or the host. Please remember that all victims are someone's loved one and all episodes are recorded in the utmost respect of their memory. You're listening to the True Crime Base Podcast with your host, Steve. Good evening, everyone, and welcome to the first ever True Crime Fix Extra. Firstly, I'm just going to go over a little bit of business to start tonight. Obviously, as I say on the podcast, if you've enjoyed the show, then please just remember to subscribe on your chosen podcast app and then all of the new episodes will download automatically for you upon their release. Also, just a quick plug for Patreon. Um, We're on Patreon, www.patreon.com forward slash true crime fix podcast. I release the episodes on a Tuesday on there. And if you are of the chief inspector level, which is the $5 a month level, you also get exclusive video casts. Um, I released the first one, which was the case of Zofia Zavodska, and that is now available for you. So what is the purpose of episodes like this? If you are anything like me, then you often have questions after an episode, or you want to hear what the opinion of the host is about the crime. Therefore, I thought that with the help of my amazing supporters on the True Crime Fix discussion page, we would have a live version covering the cases that I've done so far. I'm hoping that this will not be the last one of these. So for those listening, if you've not done so so far, please come over to Facebook and join the True Crime Fix discussion um, group on Facebook. For everybody who's watching live on Facebook tonight, this will be released as a podcast. So if you cannot stay for the whole thing, then you can catch up on there at your own leisure. We will see how many questions that we can get through tonight, but please bear in mind that this is the first time I've done this. So without further ado, this is your True Crime Fix. I'm your host, Steve. And this episode has been dedicated to all of you. So the first couple of questions that I've got um, have come through to me already. So if you just please bear with me a second. So I did put out a post a couple of uh, couple of days ago asking for questions. And sometimes you shouldn't ask people for questions in advance because you get some uh, stupid questions like what colour will a smurf go when you choke it? And also questions about why is there a D in fridge when there's not one in the refrigerator? So, yeah. Thanks, guys. But the the serious questions, they came through. So um, we've got here, are you planning a meet and greet anytime soon? The answer to that is, if you guys actually want to meet me, then I don't have a problem with doing a meet and greet. Yeah, I'm happy to do one if you guys actually want to. Uh, actually want to meet me I'm happy to do that which case did you find it hardest to cover and that came from Sarah 
In all honesty, the hardest one that I found to research was the Molly McLaren one. The reason that I found that the hardest was because she was very much like my sister and there was a lot of things about her life that I I saw in my sister. So to research somebody's passing who was similar to a family member of mine I found that very hard to not only research but I found it very hard to to actually record um a couple of times I needed to take a break just to compose myself but the hardest one that I've found to record today was the story of Reese Jones um when I was doing the poem that that his dad did for him at the funeral then um yeah, I had to do that separately because I I found it very hard to get through it without sounding choked up in my voice. That's the hardest one that I've had to actually record so far. What cases am I looking forward to covering in the future? And one of the uh, one of the cases that I'm really wanting to get into is I want to cover the case of Josh Hansen. The reason that I want to cover the case of Josh Hansen was because it actually took place not too far from where I was where I was brought up as a child um it was it happened in Eastcote so once the trial is over I I want to cover that one because obviously so much is going to come out in the actual trial about that one I also want to cover the the Kotal murders which was Hannah Withridge at the moment, I started doing that one, and I was hoping to do that one very, very soon. But the issue with that is it's going to be really, really, really long, and I need to find the time to actually go into it so that it doesn't sound... There's a lot of it that needs to be translated from, from Thai into English, as well as there's a lot of things that I have to decipher as to what is fact and what is people's opinion so i'm looking forward to doing that one if looking forward is the right word but i'm looking forward to doing that one and i'm i'm going to be doing that hopefully uh towards the end of this season ryan asked do i ever think that i will cover any serial killer cases i know you focus on the victim but everyone remembers serial killers names the answer to that would be I would I would try and do a serial killer if I could do it in my way as in I would I I would try and do it in 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 the way that I would focus on the victims rather than the serial killer especially watching Mindhunters at the moment and seeing people like Ed Kemper and what he did to the bodies and how in particular, serial killers glorify what they've done over what the victims are. I would find it very difficult to do an episode focusing on the victim where the killer is such a, a glorified person in everybody's eyes. I've stopped myself from doing single-person cases um, because of that as well. For example, um, there was a girl called Jaden who was murdered basically when her, her killer was um, caught 
he actually said, well, at least I'll now be infamous. So I don't really want to cover that case, to be fair, because he's then getting what he wants because everybody will hear his name. So in in my opinion, I don't know, I'd find it very hard to, to do a serial killer, maybe down the line, but um, yeah, possibly. Stuart asked if there was any killer that you could interview that you've covered so far who would it be and why the answer for that one would change i think in a few weeks i always want to know why people do what they do um it's very hard to pin down one but i would like to know why coletta ram was killed i would like to know why she was killed because Obviously, she was on the way to her boyfriend's house and it was a totally random attack. If you look at some of the cases that I've done, um, a lot of them were were committed by people who had some connection to the victim. Um, For example, the ones with regards to the stalking cases. Obviously, everybody knew who who the murderer was because it was somebody who had actually stalked the person who was who was ended up being murdered but in answer to want to interview the guy who killed Coletta Ram and to be perfectly honest his name has gone out of my brain which is just proves that what I'm actually doing on this podcast works because I can't even remember what his name is I've done so many of them now it's starting to get a bit worrying that all of these names are just coming into sort of coming into a bit of a mix sorry you're asking do I prefer covering solved or unsolved cases i would say that i prefer covering solved cases because i like having a structure when i uh, when i write these things so i like to be able to do sort of where the victim was born what the story of the victim is what happened with the crime or how it was solved i don't know whether i i i'd go a little bit crazy with regards to trying to do an unsolved case because it wouldn't follow any normal structure that I've sort of set out for myself. But saying that, the one that I'm doing at the moment that I'm researching is, although in the eyes of the law it's been solved, there are aspects of that crime that have not been solved yet. So, yeah, in answer to your question, um, I prefer... I prefer covering solved cases at the moment and not the unsolved ones what got me into true crime um what got me into true crime was studying psychology at um as a level um i did have i did have experience obviously um with my dad being a policeman of having crimes sort of brought around every single day but the 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 main thing as i as i've said previously the main thing that got me into um crime was the story of nick ingram being executed in the jc sawyer case the idea that everybody felt sympathy for this guy who committed an absolutely heinous act baffled my 10 year old mind and then obviously we had the Lynn and Megan Russell case that came shortly after that was another one that I I became aware of and then Holly and Jessica uh, became all over the news and then I did a 
A-level piece of uh, work on Harold Shipman. And that's why if anybody's heard my promo, I, um, I mention about the victims of Harold Shipman in the actual promo because they were literally a couple of words in this 5,000 piece, 5,000 word piece of newsprint that, um, that I read. So yeah, what got me first interested in true crime basically was the, the stories that go behind them. Everybody loves a whodunit. <laughs> But personally, I prefer the the human side of things because everybody seems to forget that. Everybody seems to forget the fact that there is a victim and everybody loves a mystery, but they always forget about the person who has been killed sometimes. What made me decide to create my own podcast? The reason that I started my own podcast was basically as a distraction. The idea was that I was going through some rough things at work and I did it as a distraction because obviously with having a university degree in psychology, it always fascinated me about the the mind of the people who commit these crimes, but also getting one step ahead of it. For example, profiling, I always wanted to go into profiling couldn't afford it so it was that sort of side of things because uh, crime stories have always fascinated me philip i really appreciate the fact that you think that um that the way that i honor the victims is a refreshing way i really appreciate that thank you and that's what made me want to do it the way that i'm i'm doing it because everybody else seems to do a podcast where they start with the crime and then goes into the story about the the perpetrator first of all and the the victim often you don't get to the story of the victim until about 25 30 minutes into the actual story so yeah to 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 focus on the victims first of all and to tell you their story and then obviously what happened that's that's something that I always intended on doing and it is a unique way and it is a way that I like to to sell the podcast is is that I like to focus on the people that really matter in the stories and not the people who the people who are infamous it's it's kind of a um I don't like to focus on them so much I always remember I was trying to um I was on the way back from um Blackpool actually with uh with my wife when the the bombings in New Zealand happened and I tried to do an episode um about that but I rushed it and it, it didn't come out so well and then decided that it would have been a political hot potato to try and do that one anyway so I decided I decided against that but I've even tried doing um doing mass crimes with looking at the victims first of all in fact actually if I remember rightly in that episode I didn't even mention the guy who committed the crime in New Zealand I didn't even mention his name because for me it was all about the people who had attended that mosque and for example there was a number of them who had lost their life actually protecting others so yeah I didn't even bother um I didn't even bother mentioning his name in that episode but that episode I I never released I recorded it and listened to it and 
it wasn't the it wasn't the right sort of quality that I wanted to do and then I realized that it probably wasn't the best idea to release it because it might upset somebody green jenny where is the best place to get information i find it i always look for the the first thing i look for is i look for um judges sentencing remarks because i usually find that if you go through the judges sentencing remarks then you've got an overview of what the case is and nine times out of ten i find that all of the information that i need for that case is in there um the second place that i normally go is i've got magazines and books upon books upon books that i try and get information from there the main thing that i try and get from there is a way to structure it because sometimes when you when you're going through cases especially when they're they're missing person cases for example so so like for example when i did the lindsay hawker case which was the girl in japan who was killed they knew who killed her but then he went on the run for three years i needed a sort of a structured timeline as to how the investigation had gone so there what i would do is i would just literally type into google investigation timeline for that person and that's the way I do it. I then get a structure, dates, and then I can expand on that. I can find information from newspaper articles. I can find information, as I say, from books, from magazines. Avoid Wikipedia. That's the one thing I would say to anybody. Avoid Wikipedia because the the reports or the things in there, it's um, the things in there are not always factual. Also, Jenny, again, freedom of information. The freedom of information in the UK, um, sometimes it's very, very difficult to get information out of police forces under the Freedom of Information Act because when it comes to crimes, you can't get a lot of information from the police because they will find some way of saying that the cases are... It's it's not like, for example... um, I know that in America they can do open records requests and it doesn't work the same in the UK where you can't you can't just ask for an open record request for cases in the UK because they don't always supply them. I always find as I say you can get the information from um from the court service you can get that information and there are specific websites out there oh, it's just on the justice website so if you just go on the justice website, you can get the information from the there for the, the, the judges summing up, for example. Or if there's an appeal in the case, then you can get a lot of information from there. Um, I also used, for a couple of the American cases that I did, I did there's, a, there's a website, I think it's called Justica, um, which I used, which... I, I once again it was almost like the judges summing up but it was it was more of a breakdown of what the solicitors were presenting so that kind of helped in them cases the answer is i basically get information from wherever i can and and try and put it together philip will i be covering any cases from abroad um i've already done the two american cases and the case of um rachel barber from australia i am at the moment um, in the middle of looking into a case from Turkey 
the only issue with doing the case from Turkey is I am struggling to work out how to pronounce the names. If I can find somebody, I'm pretty sure I might have somebody who I work with that I can get to sort out the names for me. And if that's the, if that's the case, then I will be covering a case from Turkey, which is quite a big one. It's quite a big one in in the local um, in the local side of things because there was a lot of laws that came from that killing. So I'm gonna I'm gonna look into that one. But the issue, obviously, with covering a lot of cases um, from abroad, is that because of issues with regards to GDPR from Google, the information that I can actually get access to is extremely limited. So that's why a lot of the cases that I've been covering recently have been have been from England. Um, but as I say, if I can get cases that I can cover, um, if I can get cases that I can cover from abroad that I can actually get in access to enough information then I will cover more of them I would like to cover um a couple more from America I would like to cover a couple more from Australia but the obviously the problems with covering from countries like that is that there are so many podcasts out there that are actually based in those countries so the cases that have not been covered by a lot of other hosts are very limited so because i i prefer to cover um cases that have not been done before which which was actually quite nice considering um they walk among us actually covered a case that i'd done months ago this week which was um which was quite weird listening to a case that i'd researched and obviously knew the story really well so yeah that was that was that was quite strange to listen to that um but yeah it 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 all comes down to the amount of information that I can get if I can get information from these cases abroad and um there is not thousands of podcasts already covering the same case, then I would definitely uh, definitely consider it if I had the chance to travel to one of the locations in the last podcasts which one would it be that's from ashley um i would probably like to go to the i would probably like to go to the um tokyo and osaka purely and simply because i'd actually like to go to japan if i could have the uh if i could have someone support me in interviewing someone on death row who would you choose? The guy who's just done the the documentary on BBC Two about um, Darnell's case, I would probably like because he had a way of interacting with people and he would kind of almost shrug off what they thought was controversial to the extent where he kind of stripped back what they were saying so if somebody on death row tried to shock me with their crimes and things like that he kind of had the attitude of 
well, really, do you not think that's wrong? And But he had a way of putting it across that actually kind of made the person who he was interviewing see his point of view. So, yeah, I, th- I think I'd probably, I'd probably like that. Um, yeah, anybody who hasn't seen that documentary, it's called um, A Black and White Murder, and it was just on um, BBC Two last weekend, or a couple of weekends, it's still on iPlayer. But if you can catch it on um, YouTube, it's it's really informative and it's really in, it's an absolutely fantastic documentary. Um, to the extent that I might actually cover that case because it's all about race and hate crime. Hi, Jerry. You mentioned Josh Hansen. I know the case, but please explain his case to other people who haven't heard about him. So Josh Hansen was. Um, a child from Kingsbury I say a child he was 21 um, and he was from Kingsbury which is in north west London and he had gone to a pub in Eastcote um, to just basically enjoy a night out there's a lot of rumour and innuendo about why he was in that pub and I'm not going to get into that but um, he was met by um, somebody called Shane O'Brien who proceeded to stab him in the neck and kill him there and then he O'Brien then managed to f- not only flee the scene but he managed to get down to Biggin Hill and get a private jet out of the country um, and he wasn't caught until nearly three years later he was caught in Romania um, his trial actually starts um a week on monday um and that's at the old bailey so i have the day off on that day so i might actually go down and see if i can get into the public gallery to go and um go and see the start of the trial but yeah that's definitely a case i want to cover purely and simply because there was so much about that case locally that it seems as if there there's a lot of information that needs to be put to bed because there was a lot of people spreading things about that case which I don't believe are particularly true so I want to put those those um things to bed if I'm honest because yeah I I I believe it, it's it's kind of a bit of um as they call ru- rumor and innuendo okay sorry Joe Kender yeah that'd be a brilliant person to interview somebody on death row with me wouldn't it have I ever been and sat in on a court case? No, not yet. Um, with my job, I have to go to a lot of civil. Um, I have to go to a lot of civil cases. Um, I've sat in on a lot of, for example, domestic violence cases and housing fraud cases and things like that. Um, but I've never sat sat in on a criminal case. Um, in fact, the yeah, the, even the criminal case that I sat in on when I was at university, when I went to um, Harrow Crown Court, that was um, that was a fraud case as well. So, yeah, I've only I've only been on on things like fraud, domestic violence. Um, I have sat in on a stalking one with work, which um, the the victim managed to get away from her stalker. But I've never sat in on a murder case, no. And as I say, I might go. I might go on the first day on the sixteenth. So while I've got people on here, I'm just going to actually ask a, 
a few people's opinions on things. The one thing that has always bugged me about the reporting of cases, especially, for example, in the case of Sophia, was the information that was in the Bucks Free Press was it it didn't really specify who she was in a relationship with and but the problem was that in in the status of reporting it made it sound as if she was in the relation a, a relationship with three different people at the same time now that is kind of in my opinion it sounds a bit victim blaming and i really wish i knew what her personal circumstances were from the standpoint that i could almost defend her um but I don't know what other people's um, other people's opinions on that is. Um, whether the misreporting of people of of journalists could potentially make it sound as if it's the victim's fault as opposed to the actual people who who committed the crimes. Philip, are there any notable cases where I think that the convicted person is actually innocent, apart from the obvious? One where I would say I am pretty sure that Adnan is innocent and I'm also pretty sure that um, Edward Eights was innocent on the second season of Bob Ruff's podcast. I can't think of anybody in the UK at the moment who... I would say was rem- was innocent um I think that especially the way that murder trials are carried out in the UK there is a lot of more thorough detective work and police work that goes into the trials and I think that the convicted people especially nowadays with dna evidence and other forensic science evidence i think that the number of innocent people behind bars um is extremely limited if you're looking at historical cases i mean the one that would come to mind would obviously be the case of Derek bentley um it's actually such a shame that um Steffi had to give up her podcast, the one I open one, because she did an absolutely fantastic episode on Derek Bentley and the fact that he was hung for a crime that he didn't commit. And not only that, but he had learning difficulties as well. And I think that she did an absolutely fantastic episode on that. So obviously that's one proponent as to why the death penalty was taken away in this country, definitely. But yeah, the notable cases I think definitely with the the wrong people behind bars is de- is is definitely the Adnan case. And as I say, in in the UK, poor old Derek Bentley who's no longer with us. Is there any cases that I would like to cover, but maybe too controversial? The answer to that is, I would look into the Stephen Lawrence case but I think that's quite controversial in its own way with everything that's going on behind it um I'd never I'd never back away from covering a case because it's controversial um it's where 
you can't really draw the line between fact and opinion is where I would probably resist covering that case, um, especially where fact and opinion blur, because I don't want to report opinion as fact. Um, so that's probably the cases that I wouldn't cover more than the controversial subjects. Controversial subjects, I don't mind. Um, yeah, controversial subjects, I don't mind. It's it's the information surrounding it. Would I ever do a podcast on missing children and help try and bring back awareness of missing children? Now, funny you should mention that because at the moment I know that myself, Paul from um, True Crime Enthusiast and um, Benjamin from They Walk Among Us are trying to get Crime Watch back on either on the TVs or as a podcast. Now, I've actually got, I've actually got to the stage where um, we've had a director or not a director, a producer, sorry, contact us back to say that they would be interested in doing that. The only problem is they're not interested in it, having anybody other than BBC selected talent to present it. So they're not even interested in assistance with research. So you'll probably have a, a very formal version of it um, that would come back. And I think for, especially for a programme like Crime Watch to survive again because obviously it was it was taken off the british tv because of the lack of numbers um but i think for crime watch to survive in modern day you would need to get people who are passionate about it to actually um to actually write it so we offered our services um the bbc basically shot us down in flames and said that if they even considered bringing it back, then they would want to use their own talent. Um, with regards to missing children, it's kind of... I, I would happily do a podcast on it, and I would happily... Um, if I could get, for example, the engagement of local services, for example, social services or the police, I would quite happily... Um, I would quite happily do one, because... If I was able to do an episode on missing children and ended up bringing a child home, then it would be the ultimate gratification. Would I ever look at doing a collaboration with another host? Yes, I would. Um, to the extent where I have already spoken to... Um, I spoke to... Christian um, from Echo On about potentially doing a collaboration on the Chris Benoit one, but Minds of Madness took our um, stole our thunder a little bit. Um, but yes, I would. Um, as I said just a minute ago, I was I was in talks with um, the other two podcasts about potentially doing a doing a Crime Watch style podcast, um, but obviously we we're looking for the backing for that one in particular because obviously for the 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 crime watch one to to work 
um, you would need a little bit of backing for the police to even give us their time to give us cases that they wanted us to try and help out with. And then, obviously, we'd need the audience because it, it wouldn't be a case of trying to get money from that podcast, but you would need to get ears for in particular. Otherwise, it's pointless kind of covering cases if the people who weren't um the people who weren't hang on i've got to try and think how i'd word this it it would be pointless for example having a podcast with regards to looking for people in the uk where the majority of your listeners would coming from america for example you would need to have a backing of a big organization unfortunately for a show like that because you would need the the listeners and you'd need the the national sort of um the the national advertising that would go with it in regards to a one-off collaboration i have had an idea that i'm keeping under my hat i can't keep much secret but i am keeping this secret about the fact that i will be contacting a couple of podcasters about an idea that I may potentially have around Christmas to do a series across um to do a series across four or five podcasts and that was just weird because I said series and my Siri went off. So yeah. Um that is one thing that I have considered doing. If there are any podcast uh hosts out there that want to do a collaboration with me, then I'm more than happy to do a case with you. Um I'm just happy I'm just happy to talk to people and I'm just happy to work with people as much as they want to. If you have any further questions then please feel free just to contact me either on Facebook, on Twitter. So I'm just going to run through things obviously. If you have any questions for me then we are on Twitter at True Crime Fix Pod. That's at True Crime Fix Pod on Twitter. Obviously, we've got the Facebook page, which is True Crime Fix Podcast, or the group that we've recorded this in tonight is True Crime Fix Discussion. So that's either True Crime Fix Podcast or True Crime Fix Discussion. Also on Instagram, where I post the pictures of the um, cases and Obviously, again, www.patreon.com forward slash true crime fix podcast. So, if there's no further questions, until next time, stay safe, look after each other, and live life to the fullest because you never know who or what might be coming around the next corner. Take care, everyone. <laughs>